Welcome to your Sound Behavior Podcast, the place where you learn about the why you do what you do. What if you could score just 60 words and end up with a greater insight about yourself for a more successful life? What then if just for the fun of it, you could go on the air in a safe, friendly environment to be introduced to what makes you tick? Welcome to Sound Behavior. It's all about you. Now here's Don. Hey everyone, I want to thank you for joining us on our Sound Behavior Podcast. Each week, our guests represent a wide variety of occupations and roles they play in life. We have college students, entrepreneurs, authors, business people, couples, and housewives, among a variation of wonderful, passionate people on the Sound Behavior, uh, as a, and everyone's a celebrity. Uh, so here's the concept. Have you ever wondered why you do what you do? Have you ever examined the similarities between your grandparents, brothers and sisters to see how you fit the genetic lottery. On our Sound Behavior podcast, I talk about, introduce the why you do what you do. And today I've got a really a special and very close friend of mine, Jack. And Jack is uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So Jack, it's great to have you today on the podcast, man. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. So Jack, we've known each other. Uh, you know, most of the folks that, uh, we're just starting off with the podcast, I've got a mix of, of um, guests, people that have just met, uh, and or a mix of people that I've known for a while that we're kind of reintroducing, uh, you know, the profile. But we've known each other for how many years now? Can you think back? Well, at least 20, it's over 23, 20, almost 25 years. Yeah. Now, the reason I ask you, rather than me answering that question, is that your memory is sharp as a tack. You remember dates, uh, historic events, uh you know, where you were, what you did, and, and so it's most appropriate for me to ask you. So we met, and do you remember the first time that we met? Oh, please. Are you kidding me? Don, when I walked into that room, and you handed me those piece of paper, and I filled them out, and you said, Jack, get ready to meet Jack, I knew, I knew somebody had told you all about me. There was no way on this earth you could do what you could do with those 60 questions. There was just no way. And so I remember getting up and saying, stay right here. And I left and I got in my car and I drove out of there. It was in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, was it? And I I drove down the road, across the bridge, into New Jersey, picked up Ken Glass and told him to put a suit on and come with me. I knew you didn't know him. And no one in that building knew him. And he went and I said, do it to him. And you did it. And I just stood there. I was humbled. I went, oh, my goodness gracious. There is no way because you had him. You nailed him 100% in his essence. And I went, wow, I I like this guy. From that moment on, we became friends. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was a special moment. And what was so crazy cool about us meeting is that I was living in Honolulu at the time. A contact yes. there said I had to fly to Jenkintown. Uh, oh, that's right, Jenkintown. I'm sorry, it was Jenkintown. Yes. Yeah, I had to go to Jenkintown and uh, uh, meet uh, someone. I went, I, I, I met that gentleman, and that gentleman had to get, called in a, a group of professionals. And you were one of about, oh, I don't know, 15 or 18 of those professionals that he you know, was really uh, very, very uh, astute with, and uh, and that's how we met. Now, were you were you in uh, were you dressed in military or were you in a suit that day? No, I, I was in a suit. But interestingly enough, uh, he we all I went in that room when everybody when he met you, and then he had me. He said, "I want you to go in and do this." I said, "Why?" Well, because because you're you. Go in there and see if this guy's real. I said, "Okay." Oh, wow. And it, like I was, I was like the, the guy that was going to say yay or nay, 
And uh, because he, you know, he he had a lot of confidence in my abilities to sniff out frauds. <laughs> of course, of course, he was a fraud, not us. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's another the that's another and podcast. I, <laughs> that's another podcast, at least two. Anyway, <laughs> you blew me away. And and what what's really been fun knowing you all these years? Every single person that I've introduced you to, they have just sat there with their jaws dropped to the ground, going. What? And and I mean, oh gosh, I remember riding in a van from New Jersey uh-huh. to Baltimore uh-huh. to go down to the uh, inner harbor of Baltimore where they had the little World Trade Center of Baltimore down there. And in that van, <laughs> we had Ed uh, Salmon, Dr. Yeah. Ed Salmon yeah. from New Jersey, yeah. and we had a few other people. And yeah, it was packed. You blew, you blew everybody away in yeah. that van. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was that, that was a crazy trip really because I think it was foggy and raining. And somehow I had a printout of everybody's scans, and we were doing a team session in that van. And it it was just, we should have had that recorded. Oh, we should have. There should have been a camera in there at that time because it was spot on. Yeah. Now, do you remember that time you took me down to Fran Tarkinson's office? That's what I was was, just going to say. Was that night we went out to dinner? (laughs) We went out to dinner, and you were sitting there with uh, Richmond Flowers, who's one of my dearest buds. He's just one of the greatest guys in the world. And he sat there at that table, and he was blown out of the water with you. He just looked over at me. He he just went, whoa. (laughs) It was was, uh, was a remarkable – that was really a remarkable uh, opportunity that we had with another special – group of elite men that, uh, I mean, the people that I've met with you and through you, Jack, has been nothing but, uh, you know, A players and just very cool. What I want to share with everyone, you know, you and I have met, but what they don't know is that you took the scan and uh, the pro scan, which takes anyone about four to five, six minutes. And what Jack has mentioned when we first, when we first started the podcast here is that all of a sudden that we, we connected, he and I, we connected so rapidly that it, it eliminated the learning curve, and we got to know each other on a personal level that most people don't get on for years and years of having a relationship with someone. And so uh, we fast-forwarded all these different types of professional meetings. I'm in Florida uh, at your house. I'll never forget that. Remember, we, 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 we were there, and uh, yes. and then we started uh, you know, profiling the kids. So how, how old were the kids at the time? Well, there were various ages, but the one who was the best was Colin because he was seven. Yeah. He's 21 now. Wow. And uh, he is just, he's just a unique kid, and he just was blown away. I mean, I mean, he blew us away when he built that thing out. <laughs> well, what happened, what happened was is that Cindy, uh, your wife at the time, she, she asked me she, if I was a psychologist. And I said, no. I said, I just use the tool to help people understand a greater in-depth of how they're doing, what they're doing, why they do it, and so, forth, so on and so forth. And she went on to say, well, you know, I'm really concerned about Colin. You know, I think we need to find him a, a child therapist or somebody to, to, to work with him or something. And so, uh, you know, all you guys were taking, filling out your forms, uh, you know, with pencil and, and, and the paper application. And little Colin sat there, stood there, Jack, watching me uh, with you guys. And he said, Uncle Don, uh, can I take one? And I, I'll never forget, I put him up on my lap, uh, had him, I gave him a pencil, he, he was filling in the bubbles. And the way he filled in those bubbles, Jack, is that he was looking at each word 
with such concentration. I was, I was, yeah. I was not going to even put it in the computer, but after I watched him do it, I go, man, I'm curious to see how this is going to work. And what was the results? You remember that? I, I, I just remember that <laughs> he nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, was, it was just incredible. Yeah, and Cindy, Cindy had tears in her eyes. And what I didn't know up until that point was that you and she were, were separating. And, uh, yeah. and Colin and the kids had, uh, you know, some severe stress. You and Cindy were doing, your profiles were doing, you know, brilliantly because you had come to grips with whatever it was that you had come to grips with. But uh, the kids were the ones that had all the stress in your profiles. That was, that was, exactly. that was quite a moment. But, uh, so you're doing good. You know, you did a new profile about 15 minutes ago. And yeah, but you didn't tell anybody. You, you didn't tell anybody about this first profile I did. Oh man! I mean, well, first of all, <laughs> my my buddy Jack, who I've got on the this podcast that uh, you're listening to, is a uh, a uh, highly decorated uh, Marine. Uh, he was born to be a Marine. He was wired to be a Marine. Um, if the recruiting office were to develop a criteria, it would be the model of Jack Parsons, and. Uh, Jack, tell us a little bit about uh, your experience before I get into your profile. Well, I uh, I was uh, on my own by the time I was 14. My dad was an alcoholic and beat me. And when he beat me for the last time, I walked out of the house and I never came back. I didn't, it was wintertime. I didn't even have a jacket. I just left. And uh, so I was on my own and I worked hard. I was never in trouble with anybody. And when I was 17, I, I just had to join the Marine Corps. And so I did. I joined the Marine Corps on April Fool's Day, 65. And I never regretted it, not a moment of my life. And it turned out who I was. And then I, I went to Vietnam and I served uh, very proudly. And uh, as you know, because you've listened to me tell the story, but I was very, very fortunate. I, I walked among heroes and um, I came home. I got out, I got married and uh, you know, had kids, had my own business, went to college, did all those things you do. And at 31 years of age, I just woke up one morning and I went back in the Marine Corps and started over. It took me six months to do that, but I was just born to be a Marine. I, I was the happiest time of my life was being a Marine. And so I, I got out of the Marine Corps after uh, my first wife of 18 and a half years left me. And I had two boys. One is now 45 soon and the other one just turned 43. And, and so they were 15 and 13. And I had to take care of them because I just, what was I supposed to do with them? Mm -hmm. I couldn't be in the Marine Corps as a single dad. So I got out and, uh, Family comes first, yeah. but I was and always will be a Marine, and uh, it's who I am. It's how I how I see myself. I don't see myself as just a guy walking down the street, and uh, because of that, I have an, a, a completely different look at the world than the average person walking down the street. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the word intense comes to mind because when I took that first uh, pro scan of yours, mm -hmm. I remember you saying, "Wow, <laughs> you're about as intense as I've ever seen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that made me smile, but I thought to myself, well, he's got that right. But I didn't have, you know, when you're, when you're filling them out and you're, you have no idea what you're writing, you're just writing from your heart. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, it had me perfect. Yeah, well, said who I was. Yeah, the 60, the 60 uh, uh, adjective that Jack's mentioning is uh, they're cross-matrix. Even though it takes just a few minutes to complete these 60 words, are statistically cross-matrix to 148,000 factors. And so the accuracy that comes from the the few minutes of the process uh scientifically is is just absolutely astounding 
Uh, and it wasn't all I did was look at the graph. And when I look at the graph, it's like I've known you my whole life. But uh, you were and, and, and still are designed and wired to be a Marine. Now, the only difference really, what's fascinating about us doing this this podcast, Jack, and this conversation is that I remember, and I have a hard time remembering names, but I remember profiles pretty well from historically. And your scan, I remember, it's kind of like embedded in my head. And uh, your scan over the years, and you've been through a lot. I mean, uh, mentally, physically, uh, you know, you were like uh, the mom of the year, uh, one year after another. Uh, you know, you competed with other mothers simply because, you know, you had to. You were a mom and a dad. And in your profile has gone from that uh, very extra extravagant, uh, big picture, bottom line, combat uh, guy with, uh, I mean, your intuition is like a cat, right? Uh, or, or a very, very uh, distincting, uh, uh, intuitive. Uh, it is. My men used to call it my my men used to call it my sixth sense in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Never, never was never ambushed. Never walked into. Never had a booby trap or anything because I could feel it. I knew it. I yeah. just know. Yeah. And yeah, but I, and, but I had to put that aside because you're right. I had to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So you know, there's certain things that haven't changed. Uh, that logic of you is still remained. Uh, your high energy, your high thrust, that, that passion that you have is still there. The only thing that has changed, uh, and when I say change, change is not a negative, it's not a bad thing, it's just it's, it, you've, you've had to probably make the behavioral modifications just because the role changed. You know, that role going from a Marine uh, and then being married and going back to being a Marine and then being a dad of five kids, uh, you know, that role is... Uh, pretty significant, but you've, you've become a lot more adaptable. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, uh, I'm also happier mm. That's cool. be because I, I, I don't, I don't have um, all the, the negative push yet. My body's falling apart. Mm -hmm. I only have one foot. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I suffer from agent orange. Mm -hmm. I've been in and out of the hospital so much. In fact, I've worn out two wheelchairs in the last five years. I've yeah. spent an inordinate amount of time doing that. Yeah. However, I mean, heck, you came all the way from North Carolina to visit me in Miami that day. I mean, you're the kind of person who goes out of their way to make somebody like me feel wonderful. Mm -hmm. That blew me away when you walked in that room that day. You got to know that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I have to, I've had to learn to deal with that, which brings out your patience, mm -hmm. believe it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm doing that, but, but I'm still planning my life as if none of this matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, in December, I bought a new motorcycle and I gave my other one away. I, I don't want it. I didn't want it to break down on the road because it's getting older now, six years old. Mm -hmm. So now I've got a new bike and a new attitude and I'm having to relearn how to ride a motorcycle mm -hmm. properly and safely, but I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not going to quit looking forward and going forward. I have miles to go before I rest. Yeah, I love that. And you know, that's just yeah. Yeah, to your to your accomplishment, Jack. Uh, and, and thank you for those kind words about uh, you know me coming down to Miami to, to spend some time with you during that those uh, trial times. But uh, your patience, yes. is, your patience has really come up. When I first met you, uh, you had the patience of a gnat. Uh, you, you, you had no patience. <laughs> And so for, true. No, yeah, and, and for years you didn't have any patience, but today uh, the patience of Jack is right up uh, 
Now, you still like closure and you still like things to happen quickly. Don't get me wrong. That piece of you hasn't changed, but you've become more adaptable and you can allow yourself to uh, uh, be more patient if you know why you need to be. Does that make sense? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to understand it, Don, and I'm 70 now, so you, you can appreciate <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Give well, me till I'm 100 and I'll, I'll yeah, master it. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember, success isn't uh, how we started. It's how we finish. And, That's correct. Uh, and uh, so, so you're doing good. But when I saw your when I saw your profile here, your data sheet, I was like, oh yeah, he's doing good. You know, your stresses your stresses have uh, they're very modest. And for a man that just uh, had his foot amputated about what uh, eight months ago, it hasn't been a year, has it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just turned a year. That's right. And uh, I mean, you you were doing an amazing uh, job of uh, controlling the um the stresses and the outside circumstances uh amazingly well i mean your energy jack is is still high uh naturally but the uh, the amount of kinetic energy that you've used is really uh modest so you're doing well i'm so thankful to see you doing so well so, well, I have I have to come visit you. That's why I got to get to North Carolina. Again. I'm looking I have to build up my stamina. I'm for looking that. forward to. It. So, if you just tuned into this so podcast, this is Don Crosby, and you're listening to my buddy Jack from Fort Lauderdale, who I've known for about 23 years. Uh, him and his family are just amazing. Uh, the boys uh, go on my website at doncrosby.net, and you'll actually see uh, where it's about Don. You'll see a video that Jack did for me. That uh, and that's why one of the reasons, Jack, we had to do this uh, this conversation because uh, there's a snapshot of you talking about what we've uh, accomplished together. But you know, to have a 30 minute conversation that you can share with your boys about our relationship, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Tell me a little bit about yeah. tell me a little bit about you as a dad of how you've used because you're a smart man, you're an accomplished guy. Uh, you went from abusive childhood uh, to being a self made man. Uh, going from a, a, having a family that was dysfunctional from the dad to being an amazing dad, uh, how you went to be a, a, a company leader to, uh, to who you are today. How have you used what you've learned in the area of behaviors, say, with your kids and, and the people around you? Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, because I was an abused boy and I had, came from a family of nine kids and an alcoholic dad, uh, when I uh, joined the Marine Corps, it was sort of like it's, it's, it's just it was a progression. You go from getting beaten at home, you go to Paris Island, they beat you down there. And I used to smile to myself and think these guys don't hit as hard as my dad. This is a cakewalk. <laughs> and so I got to Paris Island pretty easily back in '65. And then uh, I got out of the Marine Corps and I went to college. And uh, you know, I had to study everything I could. If it had an allergy, I was studying it because I only went to ninth grade. So. I needed anthropology, sociology, uh, psychology, and I was just hitting everything. I was I was taking as many credits as I could. Mm-hmm. And one day in my second year, I saw I was taking child psych, and it was like a whole month of it. And then there was a few chapters in the book, and all of a sudden I look and it says children who have been beaten usually beat. And I went, oh no! Mm-hmm. So after school one day, I went down to a place. It's called the Drink Memorial, and it was a, a psychological place with you know people in there, battered wives and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I walked in, and it's maybe a half a dozen psychiatrists. And it was four in the afternoon. There was only one guy left. And I walked in. I said, "Excuse me, uh, can I ask you a question?" And he goes, "Sure, come on and sit down." And I said, 
see this book? And I showed him the paragraph and I go, uh, I don't, I don't plan on having children, but if I did, I would never want to beat them. It would really bother me because I know what it's like to be beaten. And he said, well, Mr. Parsons, he goes, you're halfway home. And I go, why is that? And he goes, you already realized that. And he said, you, you, you can absolutely be a father and not beat your kids. And I said, you're sure. And he goes, yeah, I said, okay. <laughs> so that was, that was an eye opener there. Oh, and then of course, yeah, and I, and I it really was. And, and of course I would tell everybody in college, I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids and eh, talk about dumb. And so I, I ended up getting married to Ravel and, uh, we had two children right away. Uh, Todd, of course, is the oldest. He'll be 45 here in May. And Ryan, who just turned in January, he just turned to 43. And that was the most incredible experience of my life. I mean, of all the things I've done, and I've done a lot of crazy, wonderful things, having a child is just off the charts the coolest thing in the world. It really is. And anybody who's ever been a mom or a dad knows this in their heart. It's just, you can't touch it with anything else. There's nothing else comparable. And I used to just sit and hold my children in my hands and look at them and, and marvel and go, this is a miracle. And I remember the day my first son was born. It was 1973, May 31st. And he was born and I, and I, I, I held him in my hands and I looked down at him and two thoughts went through my head exactly at the same time. One was, I wish my dad was here to see this. I mean, it hit me, boom, because you want to share something like this with your dad. And the second one was, what do I do now? Because they don't have classes for this in high school about what do you do when you become a dad? And uh, I was like, oh, my God, oh my, how do I not mess this up? It was really an incredible experience. Uh, I, I, I was like a whole different person the moment I held that boy in my hands. And I've never been any different since because I love being a dad. I mean, I just love it. And uh, when somebody says, what do you do? I go, I'm a dad. <laughs> I've been a dad 45 years now, you know, and now the mother will be 45 years. So, yeah, that's what I am. I'm a dad. So and I, I love I, it. I remember when your role changed of when you had your business. And uh, I came yes. down there and we had our meetings with uh, a bunch of companies. And, yes. And soon after that, your role changed and you didn't yes. have the time to uh, really operate in your passion of, of being an entrepreneur, but you had to take that same entrepreneurial insight in being a dad. And, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct yeah. because, because it takes too much time to build businesses, as you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, you of all people know this. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a life's work to, to build your business, especially when it's your own. And when you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're, you're really having your heart to go out there and do it. You're always looking to, you know, create the wealth, create the wealth. But you cannot take sides. You, as hard as you try, something has to be the winner. And in my case, it's the boys. I had to give up my entrepreneurship and all of my tra travelings and stuff. But there was a time when I really went at it, just like being a Marine. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a time when I was a Marine. Uh, in 19, I'll give you an example. In, in 1980. Uh, three, I was a force recon Marine. Now there were 220,000 Marines in the, in the regular Marine Corps, 155,000 Marine reservists and 36 guys in force recon. <laughs> we were quite a small group wow. and it was really hard to get in. It was a six hour indoctrination just to have an interview. I mean, it was never ending. It was the greatest thrill to, to serve with the toughest of the tough 
the meanest of the mean, if you would. These are real meat eaters. These are not your everyday hee-hee-ha-ha guys. I mean, we got inspected by a general one time, and he was so upset because he came in and he's angry because nobody was going on leave. And he goes, you, you, what do you mean nobody goes on leave here? And it's like, well, leave is for sissies, isn't it? I mean, mail call, you know, child call, and, and, and leave is for sissies. We don't need that stuff. We, we, are, we're, we are force recon. We don't do that. And he was so angry. He couldn't believe he was standing with all these people. And he thinks, how can, how can you not want to go on leave? Well, this is pretty cool stuff we do. And, and it really was. It was, it was, you never stop training. You never stop getting, pushing the envelope. And that's all you did. And so when I left the Marine Corps and I went into business, I found that I had the exact same ability to do that and wow. push that envelope. And, you know, and, and so I would walk in front of people and I would give classes to thousands and thousands of people across the United States. And I never, ever used any other system but being a Marine. Mm-hmm. I, I learned everything about how to talk publicly from being a Marine. Mm-hmm. What, it's what we do. It's what NCOs do. And so I was able to you know, just transport that right into working for all the biggest companies in America. And uh, you were there. You saw how I used to do. I would oh, go I into rooms with hundreds or thousands of people, and 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 I, and I would and I never, as you know, I never prepared a thought before I walked into the room. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't use notes. I know pretty much what I want to do and say, but I I let the people tell me. I literally can sit there and look into their eyes and breathe and feel them and go, I know what, I know what this group needs. I can tell that. I don't know how, gosh, that's a gift God's given me, but I do. I talk from my heart to those people on their needs. So, so Jack, and it was exciting. So Jack, yes, yeah. and I've seen you in action do that. And then once I trained you in the behavior piece, and then you added the, the, the depth of knowing the behavior with all that, uh, those years of being a Marine and the training the Marines offered and the experience that you gathered from being a Marine, what did that that one component of having uh, a, a very direct understanding of the behavior and the meaning of that, how did that affect you in your delivery? Because I've watched you work a room and, and you do it brilliantly. Well, thank you. I, I don't know if it's brilliantly, but it's certainly me. And, 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 and again, when I go into the room, I'm the least important person. And you're right. Behavior plays a really critical role. And so I use it now with my children, you know, and because it works for them, as you well know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was able to walk into rooms of people and, and listen. And the listening part is more important than my talking part. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if 90% of selling or selling an idea is listening you must be asking questions in order to get the answers so you can listen to them and only respond to those. And that's a pretty simple system. I mean, look what happened when Alan read your book. I had that book that you you sent me an autographed copy and I, I had it on my desk. I was only halfway through it and Alan picked it up off my desk. The the why you do. And he started reading it and he wouldn't put it down and uh, he read it. And then he, he decided, I think I'm going to go take the, the MCAT to be a doctor. I didn't even know what an MCAT was. And he went out and bought the books and there's a lot of books to it. And he started to study and he studied hard. And the next thing you know, it's time to take the MCAT. It's a seven hour test, Don. It's a $300 seven hour test. And he takes it. He comes home. He sits down on the sofa and I went, how'd you do? And he goes, I don't know. I think I really messed it up. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, dad, it was just too easy. And I went, what? And he goes, it's supposed to be hard. It was too easy. 
And I went, okay. And they don't get the results for over a month. And then they get them at five o'clock at night online. Five after five, I text him, well, how'd you do? And he says, 100%. I said, wow. And then he sends me this graph uh, that they have. It's a bell curve graph. And we all know what those are for those of us in school. It only goes up to 98 because nobody scores 100 on the MCAT. So proud of them. No one. I, I talk to doctors all over this country. My best, you remember, you know, Doc Byrne. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doc, Doc, Doc Byrne had a 181 IQ. He took the thing, only got a 96. He said, nobody gets 100 on the MCAT. I go, Alan did. And he got that 100 because he read your book. Yeah. There's no doubt in my military mind about that because he had, he found out who he was, what it was that he wanted, and he went and did it. Yeah. Now, he has decided since then not to become a doctor. He's now designing his own software in, in, in his own time to work the um, uh, stock market. He's really into that. And he's a smart, smart kid. But he decides it, you know? He, got, that's got, what he wants about, to do. we got about two minutes. And, uh, but, okay. But I, excuse me for interrupting that thought. But uh, finish that thought because it's very profound, and then we'll wrap up with a close. Well, it is. It's It's like... He he was able to determine who he was, what his strengths and weaknesses were, because although he's a sharp kid, he knows himself. He didn't know exactly himself. Right. And your book was able to put a sharpened point on it. And I've just watched him since then. Mm -hmm. And we have a very unique relationship. Mm -hmm. He has come here. He's come back from North Carolina to live with me over about a year and a half now because he doesn't want me to know that he's taking care of dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He, he worries about me like a mother hen, and I love that about him. Well, that and the he, fact he's, come a long he, way he's the center kid. When I when I saw him uh, when he came when we went to the uh, graduation for uh, yes. Jake and Paris Island, uh, Alan was just uh, working at a grocery store part time and designing T-shirts. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm really proud. And when he told me what had happened on the phone, I, I shared with him, Jack. I don't know if I ever told you this. I but I told Alan. I said, you know. I wrote that book for, for one person probably, and it was for Alan. So I didn't need to sell any books or any, have anyone else read it after uh, Alan turned his life around. Because for me, uh, as an author, that was, uh, that was the most rewarding conversation I could have had. But, you can imagine what it was like for me. I mean, you're my brother, and you write the book. It's sitting on my desk. He takes it, and it changes his life. And I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> there <laughs> You think you're in charge, but you're not. No, no. Man, man plans and God laughs. guy in the sky. Yeah, us oh, you know that. I say that all the time. Yeah, us meeting 23 years ago could have been for the exact moment to help Alan change his life. We don't know. You're right. That amongst we don't a, a lot know. of other things. Well, you know, uh, your behavior and my behavior and our relationship and all of our experiences, we could be talking for a long, long time, and it would be pretty interesting. we got we got a lot of good stories. We could probably make a series of podcasts, Jack. You know that, don't you? Anytime you want from brother, anytime, you know, I'm up for it. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody you for listening. Day, I want to thank you for your time, Jack. You stay on the line because after I close, I want us to have another conversation. But I want to thank everybody for listening to Sound Behavior. Uh, if you want to become a guest uh, like Jack, go to soundbehavior.com, sign up for the show, get a copy of my book. And uh, remember, uh, the behavior and knowing our behavior is too valuable to go through life not uh, really understanding who we are and understanding why we do what we do. So I want to encourage you to learn more about yourself through sound behavior. Thanks a lot for listening. 
You've been listening to Don Crosby and your Sound Behavior Podcast. If you'd like to be a special guest, get a copy of Don's book, or simply share Sound Behavior with your friends and family, go to soundbehavior.com. That's soundbehavior.com. 